Today on the Masked Man Show with Kaz, we're going to talk about AEW full gear. We're actually going to talk about the whole week of AEW, but what a hell of a pay-per-view that was. We're going to talk about Sasha Banks, her old feud, her new feud, where things are going. We're going to talk about Leon Ruff, your new North American champion. And I'm going to rant about Lars Sullivan's beard. All of that coming up now. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First battle season one champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The silver lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, brother. It's been a while. It's been. We took last week off. I almost forgot we took last week off. Uh, yeah. We took last week off because there was an election in the United States, which I think people in other countries, too, were paying attention to. This is a little important. A little important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a we have a, uh, a new president elect. Going to have a new president in the new year. We have uh, another dude who's um, living the gimmick, <laughs> I guess. What's the wrestling term? Yeah, he's definitely living the gimmick. He's he's working himself into a shoot, I guess. Right? You're not the that first what? person to use that term. I'm I'm not sure that he. I think he's just work. I think he just lives the work. But like yeah. he's, but everybody around him is working themselves into a shoot for sure. Uh, yeah, it's but. a, it's a wild situation. But hey, I kind of feel like a little weight has been lifted now. Uh, finally, maybe maybe Linda McMahon can come back to WWE where she belongs and turn the company around. Maybe. Right? Isn't that? Nah, probably not. Maybe. But you know what? I think she's good where she's at. <laughs> I think that's true. We got a lot to cover today. First of all, I want to go through a whole week of we have full gear twenty of twenty twenty just happened, so we can cover this whole week of AEW. A lot of big stuff happened. This felt like a real, real triumph for them. And I mean, I, I have a lot of really kind things to say mixed in with some other ones. Uh, and we got some WWE stuff to talk about too, because of course we do. But let's just jump right in full let's gear. Jump right in. Full gear happened on Saturday. There was kind of a lot going on on Saturday, as we discussed. Um, there was some fights, some some real life fight, you know, boxing, <laughs> MMA stuff going on that night. There was obviously an election that just got called. Um, it was a good day to be glued to your television. It wasn't a good day to give your undivided attention to pro wrestling. However, can I just say this? Yes. Please uh, say it. This is one of those times. Sometimes you see a match. Sometimes you see like, I'm trying to think. It's like it's like when you saw. Like when you saw Bailey Sasha, it, like when they fought the first time, when they fought, sorry, when they fought at NXT, I mean, it, mm -hmm. uh, at TakeOver, mm -hmm. and you were like, that might be the best match. Okay, you're like, and you're, it's, it, the best is going to be in the sentence. You're right. like, okay, best match of the night, check. Best women's match of the year, check. Best right. best women's match I've ever seen, check. Best best just match best of NXT the year. Match. Best yeah. Ma yeah, best match of the year in general. You're trying to figure out what level of best it's going to. Right, I right, felt right. that way about full gear, man. I like I don't know what superlative to use, but it's gonna be something that's gonna sound over the top. That was the best top to bottom pay-per-view I've seen this year. And I don't know if I can go bigger than that. It was a hell of a pay-per-view. Yeah, I'll I'll have to agree, man. Like, here's one thing, you know, we don't we don't for some reason, I mean, and I guess just the nature of this podcast, like we tend to kind of like slide in AEW talk here and there, but yeah. you know. More often than not, 
that's usually because, you know, some of the stuff that happens on the show, unless it's like a segment that draws a lot of uh, attention or maybe a TNT title match, I feel like that's the most, uh, you know, uh, used title on the show. Um, one thing you can't say about AEW is that they don't deliver on pay-per-views. They absolutely do. Um, and this past pay-per-view was probably their best show uh, to date. Um, straight up match quality. I'm talking about straight up just, you know, uh, payoffs on storylines. There was a lot to really like about that pay-per-view. Obviously, at the top of that list, uh, the Young Bucks, FTR, um, mm-hmm. the dream match that people have been clamoring for for got to be what, like four or five years at this point around that time. Um, incredible. Man. And you, you could really have your, your pick of the litter on, on what match you think was was probably the standout. I mean, gosh, we have, uh, you know, Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Great match. Uh, mm-hmm. Cody and Darby Allen. Great. By match. the way, Omega and Page. I mean, it was 16 and a half minutes long. I'm looking at mm-hmm. seeing right now. It kind of felt shorter than that. But yeah. like, but but it should because my takeaway was like, man, they can give you a three and three quarters star match with very limited time. You're but right, anyway, go right. on. So that so that match was great. Go on. No, that's uh, that's really good. I mean, um, in in addition to the Omega match, uh, I really found myself really digging Moxley versus Kingston in the I Quit match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Eddie Kingston. Probably just the best, the best stick man out right now. I mean, the thing about AEW is, you know, for some reason, I don't even think it's for some reason. You can tell they don't have writers. You can tell they don't have, you know, creative, really. It's just kind of like wrestlers doing wrestler stuff. And you can kind of see the cream rise to the top when it comes to certain things. Um, and they just kind of like give you, uh, you can tell they kind of just give you some bullet points to kind of roll in and just kind of do your thing. And... Eddie Kingston has probably been the biggest beneficiary of that because we've really gotten to get behind his story so quickly. Like, he wasn't in AEW, like, less than two months ago, and now he was main eventing a pay-per-view that had a lot of real-life emotion attached to it as a heel. Like, even as a bad guy, I'm just like, man, I know he's not going to win. Like, I didn't go in here thinking, like, Eddie Kingston was going to somehow shock the world and and become AEW champion, especially when you got Moxley, who's been on this crazy run. But I was just more watching to see, okay, what's the big hype about? Like, I know the guy could talk. I know he can talk. But what's the hype about? Like, and obviously, he's one of the more, he can draw emotion out of the smallest things throughout a match that is almost goes overlooked if you don't look for these certain things, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great story that was told. Um, and I think, I don't know if Sean Ross Sapp said it or, or, or somebody, but he nailed it. He was like, you know, Eddie Kingston's going to make a wonderful baby face one day, but not today. <laughs> and I think that's, that's a big reason why people believe in his story. They love his story and cause it's real. Um, you know, I, I was, I found myself glued to my, I didn't, I didn't get to catch it live. Uh, I was at a bachelor party for one of my best friends. I didn't get to catch it live, but I did watch the replay and I was glued to my seat. The entire time, it was probably the best, the best showcase of Moxley since the Kenny Omega match, in my opinion. And it was great. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. There was more work done in this, however long this event was. It's the beginning of the end of this event, there was more work done, storytelling work done from bell to bell than WWE has done all year. Like they're like, like. Strong, that's a strong case. I mean, listen, WWE, I mean, maybe that's an overstatement, but listen, they the, just the work that they did in FTR versus the Bucks at selling the injuries, the kind of complimentary injuries. Like, we all knew going in that we had the, the MCL thing. They, they worked that in, but they worked it in in such a smart way. But just that alone was so much better than every other, like, injury angle that, that I mean, listen, the Bucks are not blameless in this. The Bucks, the, the, the Bucks forget about entering injuries about 30 seconds after they happen, if that, yep. you know, a lot of the time. <laughs> but that was storytelling. I mean, it was done so well. And, you, and you're exactly right about Eddie Kingston. He did more. And by the way, nothing really happened in that match. You said you knew he was going to lose. You pro- nothing that happened in that match was surprising. But it no. was, But it was so well done. It was so, if, you, if I had told you what was going to happen before this match started, you know, before you watched the replay, you would have been like, sounds about right. But like, 
somehow it wasn't a feeling of like, yeah, that was good. It was a feeling of legitimate surprise to see Eddie Kingston emote the way he did in the ring. You know, I mean, yeah. the way he like they told the story was was shocking. And so you said that uh, Omega and Page just they did a great job. And they and listen, I know part of this is just like wrestling smart mark shit, but <laughs> to watch a match like that and say what more than anything I'm excited now for when that's the championship match in a year or whatever, you know, like that, like that's the, that's the feeling that you got, but it, but talking about a build, you know, I mean, that's really what that's all about. And then, you know, I mean, there, listen, there's other, there's other big matches. It's huge. I mean, it, it, it is, your mileage may vary, I guess, on Darby Allen. I might be the only person who's not over the moon for him. I like Darby Allen a lot, but you know, whatever, but it's a huge thing for him to now be the face of TNT. And also for a guy who's like, Darby Allen's sort of anti-establishment personality mm -hmm, to be mm -hmm. embracing the face of TNT, you know, to be being the face of TNT, you know? And then you had, oh, the Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara match was, I mean, the lead deletion match was everything we could have hoped for. I yep. was very excited to see Hurricane, you know, very, like come back. And so we have long-term storytelling in the sense that Hurricane had been kidnapped. On, uh, we're used to working at WWE when he got kidnapped. Like it was like it's been so long, and finally that paid off. And they made a joke about it. It was great. And then the show ends. The sh freaking show, or, or the the tag team match, whatever, ends with with Kenny Omega coming out and celebrating with the Bucks, who've won the title and won the you know not lost a chance to compete for the belts, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Hangman is hanging out in the background in the tunnel so secret like so deep in the shadows that you didn't even see it until people yeah. pointed out on twitter yeah i was about to say i didn't notice it on the first watch but i caught it on twitter and uh again the one knock that i've had on aw stuff is that the storytelling sometimes it can be a little inconsistent but what they do do very well is subtlety they do subtlety very very well on the show mm -hmm. and um you know that was another moment um granted it's 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 I feel like in a weird way, we are kind of, uh, you know, bloviating uh, to them as, as so much just because, you know, WWE has, you know, thrown a lot of shit against the wall uh -huh. and just to kind of see what sticks. So it feels good to follow one show and not be confused by anything. You know what I mean? Like just kind of follow one show and, and, and roll with it. Uh, but yeah, man, it was it was a really good pay-per-view. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, man. So. We, we, I also on the Cody and, and Darby Allen front, since we've been a whole since we skipped last week, I have to say, uh, Cody's promo, which I think was was it after the cameras ran, whatever his but his promo on Darby Allen last week on Dynamite was incredible, mm -hmm. and he's mm -hmm. I mean, and then he had another promo this week, which well led to a scene. You know, again, your mileage may vary, but um, <laughs> but like they set up. Like I was more excited about Full Gear after the Go Home show than I had, and I then a Go Home show has gotten me soaked in a long time, and 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 especially when we're not talking about a new match was announced or something like that. But they had Team Taz came out and was like, "We're going to be involved." They did get involved in this match. Cody cut that killer promo. Uh, oh, they had the pack, the the pack teaser, pack teaser, whatever you want to yeah, say it, yeah. and the Mox Kingston promo from Dynamite was what set up. I mean, set up the match. We were already so in on that match. They did an incredible one on Dynamite. They set everything up so perfectly and so, I mean, so well and, and it all, and it all freaking paid off. And then of course, the one thing that, that AEW does really, really well is not just set things up, but have some pretty definitive conclusions, but instead of ha but, but the way they kind of get out, the way they, they, they square the circle, if you will, WWE, you know, the WWE will have sort of non finishes or feuds that last forever because they don't want to make somebody look bad. AW will have somebody take a, eat a you know eat a loss, but then they'll move so quickly on to the next thing that you forget about it, right? Yeah, what, which is lose. how it should be. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So Team Taz comes out and demolishes Darby Allen after the match and Cody for that matter, you know. So like that. So like that's now you're super interested in that, um, and we're immediately on to like like everything is like up and running in a new direction. Um, you know, Sammy Guevara was just in like a like a you know match that broke kayfabe and now we're now like less than what half a week later all i can all i'm doing is counting down the moments b b between now and when he gets in the ring with mjf or like whatever however that pays off you know i mean like everything is at least moving 
at such a clip that it just it keeps you watching. It propels you. Yeah, no, things move. Things move quickly. And that's why I say sometimes the storytelling is a little inconsistent. In WWE, the storytelling is very inconsistent. <laughs> but um, at least with, w- with AEW, they move on quickly enough for you to stay invested, right? Like, it's almost like, well, I'm here now, and 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 now we're this. Now we're at that, you know? And whereas sometimes, I don't think I found myself one time since AEW launched where I was telling to myself, man, they just got to end this feud already. Like, just end it. You know what I mean? Like, they they never overstay their welcome on certain 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 back and forth. No, and they don't. That's a good That's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Yeah. Dynamite. Uh, <laughs> Dynamite had some had some big moments and some bad mo- moments. I came away less excited after Dynamite. I don't want to be too down down in the whole thing. I don't know what was happening in that Cody Rhodes promo or the. I mean, do you do you want to get into this? Because I. Oh my goodness. Um. Now. Okay. <laughs> Being completely transparent, I didn't watch all of AEW last night. I caught some glimpses of NXT, but what I did see was the Cody segment um, because it was the debut of uh, one Jade Cargill, who is, I guess, a a fitness model slash bodybuilder slash wrestler um, who came out and pretty much cut a promo on Cody saying he's not a big man and, I guess, teasing the arrival of Shaq, which in most wrestling stories would be the headline story, right? Like Shaquille O'Neal, um, friend of Turner, obviously, like he keeps he helps keep the lights on over there with Turner and Turner Sports. So Shaq, and who's also been a lifelong wrestling fan, who's also teased during the upfronts that he wants to wrestle Cody in a match. Um, you know, it looks like the 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 wheels are gonna start turning on that. And, you know, whether that's a a lead-in to the NBA season that's starting in a couple of weeks or something like that, like I'm sure that's gonna happen. That would be the headline story, but out comes Brandy Rhodes <laughs> right afterwards, right after this brand new face, um, not face as in like a good guy, but brand new like person on TV just, you know, delivered this, 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 this promo and teasing the, the, the arrival of one of the most famous people on the planet. Um, you could have just got out right there, but for some reason I felt like Bre- they felt like Brandy and, and, and the Rhodes nightmare family had to get their heat back. So they sent Brandy out, Brandy out there to go full like Shanene on, uh, <laughs> you know, on Jade Cargo, and like in most cases, like just optics wise, right? Like, and obviously, if you've been on social media today or, or or recently, man, like a lot of folks were just like so divided on this, and you could tell who felt which way about who. Like, I started just looking at certain uh, mentions and ads about who thought that was the best promo Brandy Rhodes ever cut. Wow, she was on fire. Da, 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 da. And no offense, Dave, it was a whole lot of white folks. Right? <laughs> and then I'm talking to, I'm looking at I'm not, people I'm that... I'm not offended by that. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, just uh, as, as the resident white guy on this show, uh, I, I felt the need to say it. Um, and, and, and I'm getting to a point also. Uh, on top of that, you know, I've followed and, and talked to a lot of my, my black wrestling fans and like myself, like, you know, Rosenberg, me and Rosenberg had a long talk about it. Um, it was just embarrassing. It was just, it was just made me cringe. It was probably the most cringeworthy thing I've seen in AEW for somebody, for, for a company that, that made just gigantic strides the week before. We just spent like 20 minutes talking about how great the last couple of weeks of TV and their pay-per-view has been. And, you know, the one thing that they do lack for all of AEW's greatness is uh, a deep women's division and minority representation, right? And, uh, you know, you're watching this. And to my knowledge, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm right here. It's the first time we're seeing two black women on AEW television at the same time, right? It's the first it time mu- we're seeing it. It must be, right? It has to be. I mean, uh, I only think of, like, Big Swole as the other, Well, I guess know. Brandy and Big Swole have both been on the same episodes and stuff, but, like, right. d- d- but certainly two think... debuts. I mean, I, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't remember a time. I mean, whatever. Yeah, yes. I can't. It's, I can't, it's, a, it's I can't. a high watermark for sure, right. uh, in theory. Right. And on top of that, it, it just made me feel 
it just was whack, bro. Like it was just whack. Like I don't want to. I don't want to make too big of a deal about it. I mean, like it's it kind of is what it is. I don't want to make too big of a deal about it. I don't want to. I don't want to dump on AEW so much. But it was such a whack ass moment. I mean, you got Brandy who doesn't talk like that at all. Like she's a very proper. You know what I mean? She's she, she not even proper. Like that's just not how you speak. Like she's sitting there saying like, "Oh, I'm have to drag your ass and da da da, the neck rolling and the finger snapping." I'm like, "You don't talk like that to anybody else at all." So now the 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 moment where there's another black woman on the show, you had to tell people somebody's being ratchet and all this type of stuff. Not to mention Cody Rhodes is standing in the ring in an all white suit, looking like Colonel Sanders. Just the optics alone just does not look good where, you know, you got two black women kind of, you know, being acting like birds and just kind of going back and forth. And that's not who Brandy Rhodes is. I think Brandy has been an incredible addition to AEW. She has a great wrestling mind. She's, you know what I mean? Like, she doesn't have to do that. That's I think that's the more the most disappointing part about it. Like. It, it, it felt like it felt like a, a caricature of of black culture and it was just it was it was just it was gross it just felt gross man and i hope they could just redo that or or or, or retcon that and i hope that's not a i hope that's not a, what's gonna happen in the future <laughs> with those guys but i'm just so i was just i was just like shocked i'm just like this is this is how you see black people on your show like this is how you utilize them like this is it and mind you big swole can talk like that because that's who Big Swole is. That is her character. That's not even her character. That's who she is. She is like that. Brandy, we have seen nothing but Brandy Rose being like just, you know, uh, uh, not that. <laughs> she hasn't been that. Like, it's, it's, you can't go from uh, executive to creepy cult leader to ratchet black, to supporting wife to ratchet black woman in less than a year. And people not be like, okay, like what's what's this is what I mean about the consistency of AEW storytelling. It just it just felt off. It was off, bro. Whack. You know, I'm gonna just let you have that because I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think I can add anything to it. I thought that. Listen, I had a couple of questions unrelated to your major grievance. Mm. One, it's a little bit confusing, just in a in a narrative from a narrative point of view to debut a new person. Mm-hmm. As a spoke uh, to allude to the appearance of Shaq, who has not been on the show, right? When these two people have no connection that we that we know of, right? Like, if you don't want to debut Shaq, but you want to have Shaq come out, like, could you not get someone with it? Just some like is Mark Madsen available? Like some like somebody <laughs> with like a Shaq connection <laughs> that could come out? I mean, the whole just from a storytelling perspective, it's weird whatever because it's it's the whole thing is just is just odd and then you're right the kind of getting the heat back but let me just take this in a totally different direction okay this is the big conversation that we're that, that people really want us to want to hear us say mm-hmm. you said you didn't watch all of uh all of aew you also said you watched the you know the pay-per-view after the fact now i'm not trying you know we we were we're calling a jubilation here on on any you know nobody's going to get in trouble for anything that's said in this segment. Uh, I, I promise I got, I've run it past the higher ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you need to when you need to catch up on wrestling, when you want to find out what happened, and, and watch separate questions. Mm-hmm. What is what is your go to? My go to. By the way, you, the reason why I thought about this first because you mentioned Sean Ross Sapp earlier, and I love I love Fightful. I think that, and Sean's Twitter account is is indispensable but there's but it's still not like it obviously you can't go to fightful to like see the event you know i mean some of these you watch on the network you pay for the pay-per-view but if you want to see the highlights you go to the youtube channels you find like the gif accounts on the on twitter mm. like what what is like what what is your what is your usual like order of events my usual order of events is twitter first right i get on twitter see uh you know there's like a handful of people i'll follow and, I, and i'll shout them out now just because you know we're we're a big wrestling show it helps uh, <laughs> I'll um, you know, I'll 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 see what Sean Rossap is talking about. I'll see what Ryan Satin's talking about. Stat guy Greg Rosenberg, mm-hmm. uh, J Five, uh, from the A Show, Meals from the A Show, uh, Lex's Little Foot, um, gosh, Big Swole, um, you know, I like I like following Big Swole because. She talks about every promotion. If something dope happens on WWE, she should talk about it. If something dope happens on AEW, she should talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I follow her for that. Um, and a number of other people, Wale, obviously. 
Um, I'll look at their Twitter accounts and then I'll go find the videos. And then once I see a few things that is worth checking out, I'll hit the TNT app, watch, you know, the replay, mm-hmm. or I'll wait for NXT to come on uh, USA Network and, and, and watch that. But those are the only shows, only because of my schedule, those are the only shows that I don't watch live. Like, um, we're on SmackDown, I'm catching live all the time. And if I have time to, if I'm not tied up on a Wednesday night, which I usually am, I'll usually uh, lean towards NXT more uh, and then kind of go back and forth from AEW. Like, I'll go, I'll hit top of the hours just so, you know, I know something big is happening or I'll check on Twitter if something dope happened and I got to flip a channel or whatever. But, um, you know, that's just kind of my, 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 the way I kind of do it. But, you know, we, we do this show and I want to make sure I'm not speaking out of turn whenever I, I, I say something. So if I haven't watched it, if I didn't see anything, I, I won't say anything. But um, I try my best to watch as much of it as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's in the same boat on that front, and I'm not trying to call you out because I don't. I mean, we, we, obviously, but, I, yeah, but I'm always, yeah, yeah. but I'm actually injured because sometimes I'll be like looking for something. Like mm-hmm. I won't even name names. I, I'm I was on a text chain with some with some you know, you know, very very uh, influential wrestling viewers out there. Okay. okay. And there was like a lengthy conversation about how you like about how how they could watch AEW for free after the fact. Mm. Um. And like these are questions that like every wrestling fan has. Like there's, I mean, obviously like piracy is a separate thing, but even if you want to pay for it, sometimes like what's the best way to do it? You know, like how do we get into this stuff? Right. And if you just right. want to find out what happened, uh, we have a relatively new producer, John, and he knows I'm, I'm sure from from very recent experience that when you're just trying to figure out like the results of a show, it's actually really fucking hard, right? It if is. you're just like trying to figure out what happened on the show, because you know there are people who will rank like the big moments and that doesn't give you any any indication of the flow of the show right Mm -hmm. and there's places that'll run down the match results but that doesn't Mm -hmm. give you any indication of what happened between the matches or if you know like before and after the pin um so it's actually really hard sometimes just to get like the information you're specifically looking for i don't know i spend a lot of time when i'm not watching if i have my phone my phone handy i'll be i'll definitely be keeping up on like on like the uh the td wrestling twitter feed because they like they they harvest all those gifts that are just brilliant and (laughs) by the way like do incredible stuff for the companies like that's what drives me to the to the real pay-per-views half the time and definitely Mm -hmm. to the real shows Mm -hmm. um and then yeah i mean i'm generally watching i generally watch raw or smackdown live and sort of keep up and you know and, and watch the other one the day after or something sometimes both and then watch everything else but yeah i mean i i will go through a lot of the time when i don't watch and go on recap sites going a lot of times on on wrestling twitter mm-hmm, i mean wrestling mm-hmm. reddit on reddit and on squared circle and like you know get the recaps there and just kind of go match by match to see what's happening but you know it, it's it's tough so listen if there if somebody has a be all end all like the best place to go to find out everything that you missed or to find out whatever you should watch let us know the gifts and definitely they, help we'll shout it out this episode is brought to you by ebay motors Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. 
To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So anyway, that was AEW. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what do we need to talk about in WWE this week? It's been it's it's a week without a pay per view, so that's kind of shocking. Well, uh, we got a um, new NXT North American champion. I was gonna say, is that the biggest news of the week? Leon Ruff, shockingly, Leon Ruff, our guy. Leon Ruff had a thing that came out. I don't know if it was a blind item that everybody knew was Leon. I think somebody might have tweeted a wrestler tweeted something that everyone was just like, oh, they're talking about Leon Ruff. I forgot what the story was, mm-hmm. but it was very recent. That somebody was like, it's really rare that a wrestler comes along that everybody wants to work with. Yes. And they were talking about Leon Ruff, right? And it was just like, like he's so over as a person and a performer that everybody's just like, what, how, what can I do? What, what, how can I get in the ring with this guy? Like, what can we do to make some business together? Yeah. And surprise, surprise, just a matter of days practically after that, he wins a North American title, you know, in a gimmicky way. Although... First of all, I got before I, I have to tell you, this is not rocket science. This is I'm sure Jim Cornette and, you know, people that know how to book know how it would. This is not big, a big deal. Mm-hmm. But the but the but the small package tease in this match where they actually had the finish mm-hmm. where they had they they where where Gargano was distracted, got small packaged and kicked out like that eliminated any thought that that would be the ending of the match, right? right? And then he gets basically the same thing, except this time with the crucifix, which was like an actual like badass move, especially the way Gargano sold it. Yeah. And and got the pin. So it was it was a surprise win, but it was it was well, I mean it was like one, two, three kid, right? It was like it was like a it was an earned surprise win. It was yes. or like a, a an earned fluke, I'll say. You know, like he, like it wasn't just a he fell on top of him, knocked out. It wasn't just a quick small package. It was a move. Yeah, yeah it felt it felt like one, two, three kid. It felt it, that's yeah. that, that's a great example. Um, you know, anybody who's too young to to realize uh, to to remember uh, the one, two, three kid, also known as Sean Waltman, aka X Pac, Six Pac. Uh, also, one of my favorite guys in wrestling, by the way. Um, is he? I've never, I've never, I've said hi to him. I've never met him. He's, he seems like just the chillest, most kind of. He's like, a very chill guy, man. Very, very chill. I like him a lot, man. Uh, we followed each other on Twitter for a minute before I uh, ended up at, at at WWE, and we saw each other. So I was like, "Hey, your guys are yeah," and you know, very good, very good dude. Uh, but you know, the one, two, three kid, you know, shocked. Razor Ramon uh, on an episode of Monday Night Raw in the early days when he beat him with a moonsault. And, uh, you know, they treated it like it was, you know, Buster Douglas versus Mike Tyson, right? Like just one of the biggest upsets in the history of pro wrestling. And uh, this is right in that same vein. And it feels more believable because Johnny Gargano isn't, and, and just, I guess, just optics wise, right? Like Johnny Gargano isn't this massive hulking dude. He's just kind of like, a, a regular sized guy who isn't that much bigger than Leon Ruff, but we've been conditioned to think of Leon Ruff as a chump. Like he's been, mm-hmm. you know, just getting his ass handed to him every time we see him on TV. And just because he has a weird look, he always kind of stood out, right? Like mm-hmm. whether it was the uh, the Braun Strowman squashes or some of the NXT squashes, like just been getting squashed, right? And again, you said it. It's rare that somebody is, you know, someone everyone wants to work with. And it's rare that a quote-unquote jobber, I guess, a quote-unquote uh, enhancement talent, I guess is what we call him now, um, gets over. 
Like he 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 was already he was kind of over. Like I know I don't know if people watch Evolve that much or you know mm-hmm. some of some of that stuff. But he was incredible in, in Evolve. Anytime I saw him on TV. I was like, I love this guy. Back when I was really big on my, like, you know, anytime an AEW, a black guy on AEW is on TV, he's either on AEW Dark or he's getting his ass whooped. Um, the always the, the the comeback was always, oh, well, what about Leon Ruff? What about all these guys? And now, surprise, surprise, the dude's the NXT North American champion. Even if it's for a week, even if it's for a day, uh, it's, it's, it's really, again, you talk about small details that make, <laughs> make a world of difference. When he raised his hand by, uh, you know, Damian Priest and the belt falls off because he's so skinny. <laughs> that was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to go somewhere with him. Like, even if he's not champion for after next week, they're going to go somewhere with him. They're going to go somewhere that I think is going to be, like, very, very interesting. And uh, it's it's always great. It's always great to have these sort of, like, out-of-nowhere stories where, you know, these people just kind of, you know, have a big upset on an established guy. And now you made a guy overnight. So, you know, it's, it's good, especially when you already know that the guy's a loser. You mentioned Buster Douglas, and it goes without saying that the biggest, I mean, listen, boxing, we have the term tomato can for a reason. I mean, there's been a lot, there's a lot of matches, you know, where champions face guys who they're overwhelmingly favored to beat. But, you know, we don't, but, but the jobber in wrestling is a different category, right? I mean, and that's what made one, two, three kid even more effective than Leon Ruff because people will job their way up the NXT ranks sometimes, you know right. I mean? The, not everybody debuts on top. There's some people that like, that worked a lot of matches underneath before they got the chance to shine. And that's, just, that's a cool, that's a way that old school wrestling always worked too. But one, two, three kid, man, nobody was expecting that. And talk about it. I mean, a, the way the wrestling history would have changed. I mean, there's a lot of turning points in wrestling history and maybe this isn't the biggest one, but he's called, he was called the lightning kid. Yeah. Or just the kid at times. He, he was became just the, the kid at first. He he became the one two three kid because he beat Razor Ramon one for one two three, mm-hmm. and then was a one two three kid throughout his time in WWF that first run. When he showed up in in WCW as part of the NWO, he was six Pac because that's the he was the sixth member, but also because one plus two plus three equals six. That's mm-hmm. why they called him six Pac. And then he was only X Pac because he was six Pac. So like. <laughs> If that, like, if with, if I thought that, it was six Pac because they couldn't call him Tupac. I thought it was like, no, but that's where they got the name from, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, it was a Tupac reference, but he was mm. six, he was the sixth member, or no, he was called six, X, uh, he was six right? Right. Yeah. And then they started calling him six Pac, but the as a joke or, you know, as a nickname or whatever. But, but I mean, if that match hadn't gone down that way, if w, I mean, he probably wouldn't even be notable or he might not mm. even be notable. But if that match hadn't gone down that way, we'd probably be talking about, you know, the bad guy, Sean Waltman or the, or the, the villain, yeah. Sean Waltman, or, or, you know, it could be he just have some boring name. But we got mm. Xbox. So that's a fantastic thing. Anyway, Absolutely. congratulations to Leon Ruff. Um, that was definitely worth the time and energy. Absolutely. Um, what else? I mean, oh, on SmackDown we got Carmella back. We got, I mean, uh, 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 Sasha retained her title in the cha- in the championship rematch, and then was yes. surprised afterwards by a returning Carmella. Who, by the way, they teased her return, which is just by the end of that match, you knew exactly what was going to happen. I, I'm not sure. I, and I, I mean, I don't think Carmella is enough of a draw to waste the surprise by teasing right. the return. I'm not. Right. I mean, it, it seems sort of bizarre, especially when there's like two people in the division. But the anyway, Carmella's back. And we're gonna get Carmella versus uh versus Sasha Banks for the for the in the title feud, I guess. What what's your feeling about that? Um, well, always pay attention to people who get video vignettes, right? Like I guess that's always been the rule. Uh, yeah, I think it's time for the Sasha era, bro. Like, uh, you know, obviously the whole you know she can't defend titles thing has has went a long time, but I feel like now's Sasha's time. I feel like everybody, and surprisingly enough. I mean, if you, you always got to kind of harken back to the four horsewomen and see, like, when they had their times. Like, Charlotte was probably first out the gate as, like, the big deal. Then Becky with the man, you know what I mean, and, and had her moment. Bailey is probably just finishing up her, you know, incredible run as SmackDown Women's Champion and as this incredible heel. Um and I think now it's Sasha's time to shine, man. Like, Sasha Banks, I've said it for a long time, she has such incredible crossover potential. Like, she has the ability to, you know, I've, I've said this for a while, like, she could be, like, the female rock. 
where, mm-hmm. you know, like people who don't even watch wrestling know who this person is. And um, that's been the case lately. Like any anytime somebody like anytime she passes through the timeline or is on TV, somebody's like, oh, who's that? Like, yeah, man, that's, that's Sasha Banks, bro. SmackDown Women's Champion. Like, and you're going to put her on the biggest show, on the biggest network, um, and have her make some, have her have a definitive run, man. See what you can do with her as your top female draw. Like, yeah. she's never really had that opportunity, whether it was because of injuries or because, uh, you know, lightning in a bottle was caught earlier with Becky Lynch than with others, um, you know. And I think this Bailey feud was exactly what was needed. And I don't think the Bailey thing is over by any stretch. But I do think, you know, this was an, an opportune time for uh, Sasha Banks to really become who we all thought she was going to be coming out of NXT. Like, when, yeah. when, that, when she first came out of NXT, everybody was like, okay, like, yeah, obviously, Ric Flair's daughter is going to be a big deal. But after that, this Sasha Banks girl is, you know, she's got massive potential. That I think being, that there's, I think that there's a little bit of a misconception, too, yeah. that she's had her run. It, there's a feeling that she's had her time on top and it, and it hasn't gone anywhere, right? But your but, but your analysis is is correct. But I mean, she this is this is her first real chance, and I mean to to really show what she can do. And I think so. I saw some a news thing the other day that Sasha and Bailey were have been like consistently the biggest TV draws of of the COVID era. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and they've been they've been the show. They've held on on both shows. You know, yeah. I mean, they've been it's been it's it they they always spike the ratings and and I think I, I'm excited to see what they do here. So I think you're right. This is more of a Sasha story maybe than a Carmella story. Yeah. But I mean, no. That being said, I mean, like Carmella is uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I feel like Carmella has a really. She, I, I thought she had a really good heel run when she was SmackDown Women's Champion when the first draft happened. And, Just gonna you know, say she that. Won, Woman, she was really good. Bank. She was really good as a heel. And if you could say anything about Carmella, is that she plays her position phenomenally. And that's a rare thing to say. Like, she went from serious threat as SmackDown Women's Champion to the dance break girl with our truth and seamlessly. Like, she went from hated to beloved so quickly, which is a rare talent. Now it looks like she's going to go back to being a little bit of a heel, kind of like, you know, I'm too good for you. I'm untouchable. I'm this is that and the third. So a lot of that kind of remains to be seen. But I've always been a fan of Carmella just because she was able to switch on a dime so quickly. Like that Mella is money thing was was really good in in the initial Mm -hmm. SmackDown split. And then, you know. She went to being like the person who smiles with the kids and dances with the kids and bring bring kids into the ring and do the 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 flossing dance and all that type of stuff. Like that's it's a lot, it's a lot to ask from somebody who is just like the top woman on your show to go and kind of be like the comic relief. And she did it really well, man. So I'm happy she's back in this position. I think uh, you know, I don't think, you know, it, she probably won't take the title off of Sasha, but I am looking forward to some pretty good matches. I am looking forward to some really good promos and, uh, you know, put it on Fox, man. Like, people are going to yeah. watch that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think I think it has the potential to be really good. Um, and, and you know, with I think with women's wrestling in general, in WWE, there's such, like, there's just gigantic... You mentioned the horsewomen. There's this just, like, gigantic Grand Canyon. Well, that's not even the right term. There is like such an evolutionary leap when it came to, well, in ring ability, but also a ring style, but also just in terms of storytelling and presentation that happened that the people who were in the sort of half generation before from sort of like the Bellas to the four horsewomen get overlooked. I mean, they get kind of they get kind of underestimated a lot. You know, we don't look at men's wrestling that way. No one looks at no. I mean. We do sometimes. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but no one. But but people are people have a tendency to be a lot more dismissive of a Carmella than Elias, you know, right. or someone like that. You know, it's just and it's it, and not that like people do say oh, Elias isn't great in the ring or whatever, but like there's a lot more. No one says like Elias doesn't deserve to be on the show or like what you know. It doesn't. It does. It's not like there's. It's not like a yes or no question with men. So right. anyway, I, I think that Carmella is like. I mean. Uh, Carmella is much more skilled than than people give her credit for. Well, no, people give. I mean, it's going to say much more skilled than like Jinder Mahal, which is a bad point, a, b- a bad you know example. Hey, but like, hey, hey, we don't slander the good name of Jinder. No, no, no. I love we don't Jinder. Jinder on this podcast. I love Jinder. Hey. The, the point is that the point is that when he was champ, yeah, 
Jinder was like incredibly effective. You yeah. know, I mean, <laughs> he was an incredibly yeah. effective heel champion. Um, I, I mean, and Carmella in a similar way was like, if she couldn't work, that run would have been incredible. But she can work. She can yeah. go. So like, it's getting. So I think that that's her her for her championship run was all you need to know that this could be really really great. Um, and the fact that she was, you know. She found other stuff to us, other stuff to make herself relevant with our truth after the championship should be seen as a positive thing, not as like that, like a, a lowering of the bar. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't, you know, uh, you know, some people see that and see it as a demotion. But like, if you can keep yourself relevant when you're not in the title picture, that is an incredible talent to have. And not everybody could do that. If they're not in the title picture, if they're not doing something that has to do with, you know, being in, 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 in the main event or something and they're just kind of being forgotten about. Then that is not a good. Uh, it's not a good. Yeah. It's not a good trait to have. Like you'd be surprised how hard that 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 kind of thing is to pull off. But let's tell you. Um, one more thing about SmackDown that I just got to get off my chest. I've been meaning to for a while. Okay, Lars Sullivan, who Oy. I'm gonna out our producer here, <laughs> John, our babyface producer John might be turning heel. No, he says that he loves these promos. That they're very mankind esque to him, and that and and uh, and probably a rip off. And that's true. There's a lot of there, there's a lot of value to these. Lars right. Sullivan's got a lot of baggage for people who pay too much attention online or maybe just enough attention online. I'm not discounting any of that. I mm -hmm. am very sympathetic. Mm -hmm. But as far as just the on-screen presentation goes, I understand that he's not... I mean, I like the fact that he can talk. He's an intelligent monster. There's a genre of these things. Yes. But just but he is still in the monster category. And I know this is a small... This is a tiny, tiny thing, but it's never going to not bother me. <laughs> You should not be shaping your beard if you're a monster. <laughs> you gotta let it. You gotta let it you grow let it wild. Go. You, you gotta, gotta let, it, let grow. it grow wild. Now, by the way, it's a really un unflattering beard situation that he has yeah. going there. It made more sense when he just had the, the Abe Lincoln chin strap yeah. because you because you looked at him and you're like, this guy might be part ape, and that's <laughs> the only way he can grow his facial hair, right? Yeah. Like it looked like it looked unbelievable. And that was part of the appeal of it. That was it. part of the shtick. He's got to let it grow. It's got to go wild. You either got to shave it or let it go. That's just the way a monster... Like, I, I, I remember I... I uh, like, you don't want to have to think about these things. Years ago, I wrote a piece about the Road Warriors. Mm -hmm. And I said, the important thing about, the, about having a manager, about having Precious Paul... Mm -hmm. And this goes for all monsters throughout history. It's why they always, like Jim Cornette always leading these monsters to the ring. All, like monsters got to have a manager because so you don't have to answer the question, does Road Warrior Hawk have a checking account? Like you don't want to <laughs> have to think about that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's why managers, and that's, and you, you can't, you don't want to give anybody a second to stop and think, I wonder what kind of razor he uses. Do you think? Do you think he's just electric, or, or is he just doing? You know, it doesn't make any sense for the character. That said, I see what they're trying to do here. Well, I'm I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the time where where you know he goes full cane and just like lights Corey Graves on fire or something mid mid interview or something like that. Like I feel like that's. I hope that's what we're trending. So I mean, not that I want to see Corey Graves lit on fire. Don't get me wrong, but I just that's just what it reminds me of. Like those one-on-one -on -one interviews with these monsters that can't be contained or whatever and, and that are terrifying. It's really funny to kind of see them in these situations where it's like, okay, they're going to sit down and talk to this guy about your feelings and, you know, why you're the, the way you are. Um, again, you, you mentioned, um, you mentioned Lars Sullivan and some people who, who may have been turned off by him because of things in his past and things that mm -hmm. he may have said and posted or whatever. And, as somebody who's probably like directed a, directly affected or could be directly offended by what he said in his past or whatever, I I do believe that everybody kind of deserves a second chance. I do believe that if you don't show any contrition or you don't, you know, I feel like change the the best way to to be forgiven is through changed behavior. And uh, you know, there's no evidence that he hasn't, you know, changed or hasn't learned from this or grown from this, or else he wouldn't be in that locker room. It's a lot of prominent well, black dudes back there. Like. The locker room, the locker room is the big thing, man. Because I, I mean, listen, I, 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 I have, I'm on both, I'm on both sides of this. This is not a, this is not a really e ever a really easy thing to like come to a conclusion on. Right. But right, if right. you actually are interested in someone changing, someone rehabilitating, doing, doing whatever, your odds are a lot better. In a, of, of someone seeing the light in a locker room full of people who they would have disrespected in the past 
than to have that person just get fired from, you know, on their keyboard and then they're stuck in their room getting pissed off. They're all, I mean, that's that's how people get, get it gets even worse. Yeah. Very few people are seeing the light of day because because, you know, people are shit talking them on Twitter. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? I, hopefully, hopefully it'll come around if he's not. Hopefully we know about it so we can complain about it and, you know, and I'm sure he won't last too long. I'm sure we um, will. I'm sure we will. But, but I, do, I do think there's a place for him on SmackDown. I think, you know, it's a it's a place that's lacking of other top heels outside of uh, Roman Reigns and the, and the tribal family, I guess. Uh, so I see where they're going with that. And, you know, I'm interested. So they need some they need somebody to kind of run that mid card. I will say this. I did not think he'd be that good on the mic. I, I didn't think he would be. If you told me about these interviews ahead of time, I would not have expected I'm not saying he was mankind, right. but he was a lot closer to Mick Foley than what I was expecting. Well, I mean, he's also these are also pre-tapes. I mean, you know, he is he's kind of sitting in, True. in a room with a lot of uh opportunities to get it right. And you know what? If you're gonna get it right, get it right. So you're trying to build this guy who, you know, trying to take this lump of clay and turning and turning it into something, you gotta get it right, you know. So um, yeah. I, I, very impressive, very impressive promo stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes from that. Let's hit Raw real quick before yeah. we get out of here. How are you enjoying the Raw Survivor Series team? I mean, it's funny <laughs> the difference between the two shows. SmackDown's just sort of putting their team together. Yeah. And meanwhile, Raw is like their show is about the assembly of the team, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like we have this ba- all these like it's it's all people who don't like each other, all these kind of unlikely partners. We got Except Matt Riddle who loves everybody. Matt Riddle, yeah. <laughs> Matt Riddle's the newest addition to the team. You got we got um uh AJ Styles who's sort of like you know the the sitcom dad, although he's like happy to join in the 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 fracas whenever it begins. We have mm-hmm. Seamus, who's just inherently funny when he wants to be. And by the way, the whole the thing with Seamus and Drew McIntyre, I was being, about to say, I do dig that dynamic. I do yeah, dig the Seamus and Drew McIntyre thing going on. Um, it's 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 tough that they never. I know they had the League of Nations thing, which which was a missed opportunity, but it's a shame they haven't. They never actually got the chance to do. Seamus and Drew and Bad News Barrett as like the three guys who just like conquered, you know, the U- conquered Europe and then came over to WWE and just let them be a little fashion or something. Mm-hmm, but anyway, mm-hmm. it's nice to see these real life buddies interact, even though, you know, in theory, they're riding different buses and coming out of different different doors in the locker well, room. Well, you know or what? I, appre- I, I, I kind of appreciate it because I feel like they've been doing that a lot lately. Like, I remember how gassed we were after the Hurt Business took off their jackets and attacked mm-hmm retribution and i think they kind of started to get away from just like this guy's a good guy this guy's a bad guy right yeah. like braun Strowman is kind of teetering on both sheamus is kind of teetering on both the hurt business is teetering on both if you're into dad humor aj styles is teetering on both like yeah. <laughs> there's a lot going on there raw uh even the fiend like i can't tell you what 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 he's up to. I can't tell you if he's a if he's a heel or a baby face, but I do feel like uh one thing Raw is doing really well is kind of like letting people be defined by their actions and not just be saying that's a bad guy. He's bad. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's definitely something that uh they've been doing really well. And it's it's interesting, man. It's very very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean that's they can seriously get they, maybe they they can see they get pops for that, you know? I mean just for like that tease is better than a lot of the stuff they pull off and the normal dynamics of in-ring and feud stuff. But, you know, we'll, maybe maybe we'll see more. Maybe we'll see more. Um, I'm sure we will. So we, so going back, we have, uh, who else is on the team? Oh, Keith Lee's on the team. Yes. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Sheamus, uh, AJ Styles, and Braun Strowman. And Braun Strowman's the other one I didn't mention. Yes. Man, all these dudes going at it. I mean, this they have to win, right? I mean, I guess they could lose in some, like, comedy thing. But right now on the other side, we have oh, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins and and everybody's favorite wrestler TBD. Uh, man, I mean, maybe it's a more serious team. Maybe it sets up a storyline. It feels like you know. I mean, we can't just gloss over Jay Uso like he's not nerfing people every week. He nerfed Dan O'Brien one week, beat the hell out of Kevin Owens the next. So maybe week. he's the maybe he's the big winner. Maybe it's storyline thing. Maybe he's the sole survivor. I don't maybe, know. Maybe the Raw team can't get along, but they're certainly getting more screen time up to this point, and it's been it's actually been a lot of fun. Um, one more question. This is more of a small board thing. How do you feel about uh, about the about retribution sort of settling in as a mid tier faction instead of instead of the 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 quick rise and quick quick fall of like the nexus? If they just sort of like hang around the mid card, is that a success? Uh yes and no. Yes and no. Um, 
I do think Mustafa Mustafa Ali um, is telling some great stories, man. Yeah. And I don't think it's it's really getting talked about enough. Like, I think people are just too caught up in the names and too caught up on the wins and loss record and all this type of stuff. Ali is telling some incredible, drawn from real life stories about, uh, you know, his time in WWE and his time as a Muslim American, um, all that stuff. Uh, but I think they're right where they're supposed to be, man. I don't, I don't, I never really saw them as this dominant faction at the top of the card, right? Like, I felt like they're kind of these things that you could kind of sprinkle throughout the company as, you know, little, 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 little seasoning, right? Like, they're just kind of, you could just kind of season themselves over feuds that kind of need uh, somebody to be built up. And right now, I think the guy who needs to be built up is Ricochet. Uh, I think he's in the perfect, mm-hmm. I think that's the perfect sort of situation for him, man. Like, they've been going with Ricochet as sort of like the superhero for a long time. And I like the fact that he's kind of going one up against all five of these dudes and sometimes getting the better of them and sometimes just getting it handed to him. But that's how you build baby faces. That's how you build stars, man. And, uh, you know, I've no secret how big of a Ricochet fan I am. And yeah. I'm just glad that they're doing something with him. I'm glad that we're getting some really incredible Ali and Ricochet matches out of it because of it, and it's storyline based. Um, it would it would be nice to see them move up in the card in a little bit, but I do want to see that they got it. They got to prove that they could handle, you know, the mids for a little bit. They got to prove that they can make the mid card of Raw interesting and elevate that before I want to see them like, you know, causing drama with the WWE title. You know. Hell yeah. Um, listen, by the way, we got to get out of here, but I just checked. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm just checking Reddit right now just to see if we missed anything. A, a thing, a post just popped up. According to Meltzer, Sasha versus Bailey on SmackDown topped 2.5 million viewers, which is the Woo! highest the highest wrestling moment of the of the coronavirus era. Talk to him. Talk to him. Sasha so and Bailey are ratings, bro. That's big. And also, uh, I, I did we give... Did we give sufficient attention to Pac coming back on the, last night on on AEW? I don't think we did. I don't think uh, we did. I know but. I mentioned it, but but what a great what a great we talked about X Pac six Pac, but we didn't. I don't know if we talked enough about just PAC or I guess Pac is how he says it. Mm-hmm. That's never going to be resolved. It's like GIF or GIF. <laughs> but but Pac is back. He's a freaking badass. Yeah. And uh, and now he's he's gonna. I mean, and listen, Eddie is a perfect foil for him. I mean, Eddie's like Eddie is such a he walked in the door and immediately is like the the main event, the gatekeeper to the main event that AEW has been wanting, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's and and he's gonna be. I mean, I I just can't wait to see them go off. And the fact that they're like feuding over the Lucha Bros, I don't know. It's great storytelling, man. I remember when he when 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 Eddie teamed up with the Lucha Bros, and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if he brought in his friends or like did you know had a different sort of whatever? Maybe you know instead of just getting the near the the closest heel tag team that he could find. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it was all it's it's paying off now. I like Pac again. It's been a while since we've seen him. And, you know, I'm really excited to kind of see where they take it with him. I'm not going to speak too much about it yet because I haven't seen the actual promo between the two. But I'd love to I'd love to dive into that next week. Yeah, let's talk about it some more. Also, one more thing. I just found this tweet from Triple H from I guess it was last night. As Leon Ruffs, as you mentioned, Leon Ruff celebrated with the title and it fell straight to the ground. <laughs> Triple H tweeted, "That's why we don't call it a belt." Uh, there you go. Which is that's all. Thank you for Triple H for breaking the fourth wall um, and being all knowing <laughs> in these situations. Listen, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. No, no presidential elections coming up. Um, and I think next week, when, when is Survivor Series in two weeks? Uh, Survivor Series, I want to say it's in two weeks. Yes, yes. It's on November twenty second. No, so. it's next Sunday. No. Next yeah, next Sunday. So a week and a half. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Survivor Series. So we'll be previewing it the next time you hear from us. Let's get Kaz, it. Kaz, get your plugs in. Oh, yeah. Please check me out uh, if you're in the New York area or if you're on Fubo TV or AT&T TV. Check me out on MSGAM every Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. with my homegirl, Monica McNutt. Uh, check out the Say Less with Kaz and Low Key podcast wherever you stream podcasts and on our Patreon patreon.com slash say less and youtube.com slash Kazim and also check out the new episode of the first one with DJ Khaled just dropped a new episode this morning 
featuring the one and only John Bon Jovi. So check that out when you get a chance to, man. John Bon Jovi. Yes, we got Bon Jovi on the podcast, bro. You moved to New, to you moved to New Jersey for five minutes, <laughs> and you're bringing it. <laughs> now I'm stamped. I'm stamped officially in, in in the Garden State. So yeah, oh, that's ama- amazing, man. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, I don't. Well, I guess I'm still doing a, another podcast called The Press Box, and we're still going twice a week, even though the election's over. So, if you want to talk about news or hear about news and politics and media, we try to make it fun. So that's we we we, we do that all the time. Uh, thank you to our babyface for now producer John Kerma. Um, our old heel producer Jim was sending me text messages. He's at his parents' house here in New Jersey. Jim, S- what's sending up, Jim? Me, sending me text message photos of like all the wrestling figures and and old wrestling tapes he's finding in the attic. He's got mm. some. He he collected tapes like legit. It's sort of shocking. I don't know why this never was part of the show. I feel like he's holding out on me. But anyway, we'll get to that maybe in a later episode. Thank you guys for listening. As apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace. Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.